Wow, wow, wow. What do we have here? Roma finally, finally won a trophy. There's no more jokes about a bonsai tree. No more jokes about it's 14 years since last time Roma won a trophy, which the anniversary was actually two days ago. So Roma actually won the Conference League in Tirana last night. They managed to defeat Feyenoord 1-0. I'm your host, Scott Monroe, and welcome to the latest episode of La Magicast. With me tonight, the deadly duo back. I have Imran and James. How are we both? Very good. Thank you. Fine, thank you. Let's get this let's get this show on the road. Are we both still in shock? Are all three of us still in shock? Are we all on cloud nine? Are we jumping for joy? Um did we break out break into tears last night? We were just overwhelmed or all the above? I don't know who's gonna go first, but it just seems <laughs> <laughs> it just seems surreal still. Uh, not that, not the fact that we'd be Feyenoord, uh, but the fact that it ended with a trophy and it ended with a UEFA trophy, uh, even though it's uh, the Conference League, it's still beautiful. And I think we were speaking about before before that it would really be beautiful to win this trophy and. And we did it, and uh, it's uh, when you won it, you start thinking, "Wow, it actually took this long for the club to win its first European mm. trophy," and you wonder how that happened. But mm. yeah, I mean, really, really, you just look at uh, the pictures, uh, the the clips from from yesterday, from today, from the airport, the stadium, Olympico yesterday, the streets of Rome today. Incredible scenes, incredible scenes. And you start wondering what would happen to this city if they won the Champions League. But just, just, I mean, we won the Scudetto before. We knew how it was like. But just imagine if they would win the Champions League, that would... that would just top everything (laughs) yeah I think I I I mean it was just such a you know it's realised I mean it's 14 years since won any trophy Mm. and even that I remember the 2008 Coppa Italia win I remember in not celebrations like this but of course we'd won it the year before as well 2007 but I remember you know people out celebrating but uh, the scenes today really do uh bring it home how um you know 14 years uh, without a trophy and the first as was said first european uh uh trophy that's been taken you know the only major italian club that had never won one and uh, mm. now that's been rectified and it's just so and it's so wonderful for i think for for everyone involved you know particularly uh you know, obviously the fans, but also the, you know, the players, the coach, the staff, the the club uh, management. Um, you know, you could see they were really, uh, uh, you know, emotional, and uh, uh, so the the, the sheer um, intensity of emotion. I think yesterday after the game, when they uh, celebrated in front of the fans with the trophy, mm. was. Uh, uh, really brought it home to me how much it means, you know, to win uh, uh, something. And um, yeah, it's always great being in the Champions League and so on, playing those big games, you know, against um, important teams and that. But um, uh, you know, we played a, a you know a, a club that will be in the Europa League next season. You know, and yeah, we know along, the Euro- yeah, along with us, yeah, that's right. And we know the Europa League's you know a tough competition to win. I mean, Villarreal. Uh, won it last season and, and uh, you know, clubs of the stature of Manchester United didn't win it. And um, and uh, the Conference League isn't really much different, I don't think. I don't think I'm speaking, you know, out of turn with saying that. And um, it's a great achievement. It should, you know, I mean, we played, uh, was it 15 games in all to win this competition? <clears throat> You know, two in the uh, in the qualifying round, six in the group stage, and then seven in the knockout 
stage. Yeah, I think, I think you're at final. I think overall play was at 18 games to get to the final. I think us was just a, a couple of games less because yes. they went through an extra qualifying round. That's yeah. Right. Cause and they, and they, they, and with, you know, so to win a competition play, I mean, that's like, almost half a league season isn't it yeah so, yeah i think because um the commentator over here adam summerton who does the Serie A games along with the uh vanarami said that's half a league season they played in europe yeah fired order i think we've just played a couple of games less so that's fired played 54 games competitive games this season i read on the uefa yeah, website wow. and that that that's a record the last time they played anything like that was in 2003 Two, three, I think, when they played fifty-one games and they won the UEFA Cup. UEFA Cup when they beat Borussia Dortmund That's, in the final. Yes, yeah. indeed. Yeah. And um, so to, to play fifty-five games that in total we played, and fifteen to manage that, and um, and and I think it was so deserving in the end because, and it was lovely in the end that, um, uh, and there is a para- historical parallel I could mention here that you know we'd lost the game six-one. In the in uh, October, I think it was October in Norway. Yeah, and um, you know we're all quite well shell shocked, really. I think everybody was shell shocked and and quite down. And we had our, you know, let's face it, we've had have ups and downs this season. I think that's all added to the intensity of emotions that we felt. You know, it's not been a it's been a bit of a roller coaster ride at times, and um, I think uh, yeah, you know, a, a more more than anything it's uh the weight and the way it came about it was and, and so i think also the fi- final i don't know um if you agree with me but we were you know that second half was really it was training for the players i think it was training oh God, yes. for people watching you know um so yeah i think i think i aged about 10 years I know, I think I... yes yeah. <laughs> yeah uh should we should we go on to the game um James, I'll come to you first, and I'll come to you, Im- Imran, afterwards. So Roma one one nil. Nicolo Zaniolo, who's been ostracised by other fans on probably the last ten months after his comeback from two ACL in- injuries, and from us fans also, scores the winner and sticks up a massive min- middle-, middle finger to everyone else who uh, who writ him off. Um, James, what was your thoughts overall on the performance? Because um, Feyenoord were a bit unlucky in the second half they had their chances especially in the first five ten minutes where they gung-ho in the second half they pushed a little bit higher and they hit the post twice and Rui Patricio had to make a save but they didn't really offer that much else in the second half Roma were trying to sit back and hit on the counter but what were your thoughts on the overall game well I think that um they started quite strongly fine or had us under the cosh mm. for the first five minutes or so and I ex- kind of expected that um I-, I thought they might try to start strong and get their noses in front and we would try everything not to concede early and um, play a bit more on the break. And, and that's what, and I thought once we got through that first 10 minutes, I think we settled down more and it became, mm. a, you know, it was more equilibrium in the game. You know, it swung uh, back and forth and it was more, it was more 50, 50 and uh, the goal was um, brilliant. I mean, the pass by Mancini was uh, turned into an assist, of course, was accurate, perfectly weighted, and directed and the control by Zaniolo in the finish were exquisite. I mean, it was a world-class goal, you know, beautiful goal, goal worthy of winning any competition, never mind, uh, uh, you know, Europa conference league. And then I think, um, uh, you know, in the second half in particular, so we got to half time in front, fairly uh, comfortable for that last 15 minutes out of the first half. And then second half, first 10 minutes, really under the cosh. You know, as you say, mm. it hit the post. Mancini put the ball onto the post. And then and then Rui Patricio pulls off that marvellous save, you know, uh, with the help of the, the far post. <laughs> um, and, and then we got to about 65 minutes. And I started to think then... Final, you know, it had. I mean, it's the, the, what really brought it home to me was this game. You know, if ever proof was needed, you have to score when you're on top. 
you know when you oh, course, you know yeah. you really have to take a, uh, advantage um and and they didn't do that and then really for the rest of the game i mean we had some you know an opportunity on the a couple of opportunities on the counter attack there was a there was a question mark on whether Cristante handled the ball first of all that the var checked it and then uh the check was over but i have a feeling in serie a that might have been given I don't. Know I had a feeling agree. also. Yeah. yeah, and also there was the Marco Sanasi incident. Yeah, I was Abraham. just going to say, and then at the other, yeah. so kind of those two incidents balanced out, I think, because mm. because that was a um, like they say sometimes in Italy, an orange. You know, it wasn't yellow. It might. Not, I mean, some people would say it was red, uh, but I can understand the referee not wanting to, not wanting to penalise there because then he has to send the player off. So uh, I think those two incidents kind of balanced each other out and I think overall neither team could complain about the refereeing really. I don't think there no, was anything no, uh, you know no, no, you know no one could say well that incident really uh, penalised us. And then Pellegrini had that you know uh, chance that uh, was well saved by the goalkeeper who played well actually the final goalkeeper. He dealt with everything Just- I yeah, think Justin Bylow's. Yeah, well. and, yeah, and he had a very good goalkeeper. Yes, very good. And he had a brilliant save on the shot from uh, Vera 2 that was deflected. Yeah. You know, he probably would have taken it fairly comfortably, the shot, but it was deflected and he pushed it away from danger. And um, so, and that, and that was, you know, um, Rui Patricia, there was one. Well, it wasn't, a, didn't materialise into a chance, but if you think about it, the ball was played into the penalty area. Uh, I think in start stoppage time and Chris Smalling, who had been fantastic, he got beaten in the air for the first time all night and the ball went behind him and Spinazzola was there, just did enough to prevent the final player getting something of it because he was right in front of Patricio, probably would have scored. So Mm. um, uh, defensively, um, flawless, and I would say I know Chris Smalling got man of the match from UEFA, but I thought that um, possibly you could have given it to Zaniolo. I thought Zan. Uh, sorry, 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 sorry. Uh, um, <laughs> sorry, it's a, a Freudian slip there. <laughs> um, I thought you could have given it to uh, Ibanez. I thought yeah, Ibanez yeah, played ever so well, and I think you know we've seen in the last few games. I think. Uh, perhaps Mourinho vindicated as to why he's tended to prefer uh, Ibanez to some other players. And I thought... To Kumbula. Yeah, yeah. particularly Kumbula. And I think he, you know, bringing the ball out of defence, general defending and, uh, uh, you know, able to, uh, and uh, you know, anticipate well danger and um, cover. I, I think I think he... You know, I think I think the entire defence played very well. And of course, we shouldn't forget Mancini, who uh, provided the assist to the goal. So, um, I think the defence was a real. And Patricio didn't. I know he had one slight bit of mishandling in the first half from a long range shot, but I think overall that did swerve though. It, that did, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't it, easy, it, it, certainly. No. So, um, I think the defence, um, a bit like it, it reminded me a bit of the semi final, and, and I would say that uh, second leg against Leicester City, when you know we got the the goal and then uh, uh, you know had to endure uh, a period in the second half of pressure and uh, managed to you know get through without conceding. And I think that um, the re you know we were spent in the second half. I think you know most of the players were really struggling for fitness and um, energy. And uh, I think maybe the substitutions were left a bit too long, if I'm being hypercritical. Um, I thought they could have been made earlier. But obviously there's that, probably that thinking that, you know, if it goes to extra time and maybe penalty kicks, there's, you know, you want people like Abraham on the pitch. But mm. but um, but ultimately, you know, all's well that ends well. And, uh, and uh, I think... Um, it was a yeah deserved win and uh, yeah. Uh, before I asked you, Imran, I actually thought Sanasi was very lucky not to be sent off. Um, I thought Abraham was a little bit too honest. I think if he he went down, I think you would have got a red card out of that. But if the, I think that was the only blot on the referee's copybook. Um, Imran, what were your thoughts on yesterday's performance? I echo a lot of the things that James said. 
what I would like to say though is that I think uh, this final uh, is a proof of not necessarily how you want your team to play. Uh, well, that's fine. I mean, there are two uh, uh, there are two ways to look at it. One is uh, how to win a final. The second is how to to play, but not necessarily win because. If you are too dedicated and loyal to your uh, philosophy, um, you could compromise your team's chances of winning. And yesterday, we saw uh, tactical preparation. We saw dedication. We saw team spirit um, and everything on how to win a final. Uh, and uh, that's why I was very confident because Mourinho, he, he doesn't choke um he can lose games uh but uh, usually not to inferior opponents i know he did it last year uh, with uh, tottenham against dinamo zagreb but usually uh it's not like he loses to lyon Le- <laughs> or you know with all due respect or uh, that type Porto, of ajax Porto. Villarreal, naming the clubs that Juventus have lost to recently. <laughs> Sorry, Juve fans. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean he, he, he doesn't do that. Uh, and uh, you can just see his uh, record in final, 15 finals, 12 wins. So I, I was very confident. And you could say, um, you know, that Feyenoord is a team that we should be dominating. Uh, we should be playing much better against we should be in complete control more or less we have the quality to 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 not having uh, to play that defensively but on the other hand you won a trophy and uh, you did that uh, despite handing away the initiative to your opponent but they didn't manage to do to make anything out of it and you know with all the honesty they they had some they had the pressure in the first, I mean, in the second half early, where they where they applied some real pressure, they came out, you know, gung ho. But uh, we managed to absorb that, and we managed to stabilize and neutralize uh, the threat and keep it keep it uh, a bit more balanced. And I think Mourinho did the right thing when he brought on Spinazzola. Uh, due to his experience uh, and also uh, Veretout because we needed presence in midfield because they were dominating the midfield too much. And you saw immediately when Veretout came on, at, uh, not because of the players there, but you get an extra man there. So the, uh, the, the opponent has to find, uh, you know, more clever ways of um, creating chances. So uh, to be honest, I, I was very confident in the first half. And in the second half, there I was a bit nervous perhaps when they had the pressure. But after that, of course, you want it to be over because you want to lift the trophy. But we weren't really that threatened, I would say. We didn't have that much possession. But we knew that if you just hand them the initiative they won't be able to make so much out of it. And this is how Mourinho wins finals. He keeps it really tight behind there. And uh, if he is going to play this way in Europa League next season, if we improve the squad, I'm okay with it. But, of course, uh, I ideally I would like us to play differently. But, uh, but if it means uh, trophies, then... Yeah, I, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it, especially for now because we won this one. But we have to also remember this is a Conference League, right. so uh, it's not the Champions League, it's not the Europa League, it's the Conference League. But it still re- it still requires uh, concentration, dedication, preparation to win the trophies because te- you can you can choke against any team if you are not fully up to the task. So, so I I have to hand it to Mourinho for for this trophy, and now we have to we have to move forward. We have to look uh, for the next step, uh, next target, and that's also Mourinho's job. So I'm excited to see how he progresses from there. 
So are you saying Europa League winners 2022, 2023? I'm not saying winners, <laughs> I'm joking, but I'm, I'm, I'm definitely saying that we should have a go for it. Back-to-back yeah. would have been fun. And I'm sure Mourinho will go for it. But next year will be more difficult because it will be a more competitive tournament. Will, you will have yeah. Manchester United there. You will have Arsenal there. You have some really tough teams that will play there. So, uh, But it will be interesting. It, it, it's... Uh, um, it's the right. Uh, it's the right thing to do to 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 play in the Europa League next season, and we just have to keep uh, building the squad and uh, you know improving. Hopefully, we can qualify for the Champions League as well uh, through the league, preferably. But then uh, another trophy wouldn't wouldn't be bad. But yeah, we need to improve. But yeah, Mourinho has to keep working because uh, he needs to keep delivering. It's not enough with the conference league. It's a good start, but he's a three-year he has a three-year contract. He just needs to continue from there. So I'm I'm really happy and really grateful for for the for the trophy. Definitely. By the way, I was joking. I am being facetious. I'm just thinking next season it could happen, um, but who knows? Um, do you agree with that? The journey starts now. The hard work starts now. We've got a trophy now. We've won the first trophy since forty uh, since two thousand eight, and this is where the hard work and the graft and the suffering that Antonio Conte says. Sorry, Jose Mourinho fans, I mentioned the other person, but it, this is where the work starts now. It definitely does. Uh, it it definitely does because this is how uh, winners uh, work. They um, they nullify the reset. And uh, when the season over, they start from scratch. Mm. And uh, like uh, Patrice Sevra said, when United won the Champions League in 2008, after they won the, the Champions League, Ferguson told them, if anyone of you don't have the desire or the mentality, if I don't see the mentality and desire in you to winning the champ- to competition again next year, I will terminate your contracts, or I will sell you by the end of the you know mercato, and th- that that tells you something about the mentality that, uh, that the club had. should have, yeah. that he had, and that, yeah. that we should, as a club, have, or at least try to achieve something we should work on, and uh, that's why. Uh, I know that the fans will be celebrating for for quite some time, the players as well, but when the season starts time to set new targets and uh, work hard to achieve them uh, that's that's how you grow as a team uh, and um, as a football club uh, this is something we have to build a winning mentality and then you have to be a bit more a bit more pragmatic and I'm sure Mourinho will uh, as emotional as he has become I think he will try to. He will focus on that. You, you, you mentioned Alex Ferguson there. Um, did you notice that they actually did lose the the Champions League final the next year in Rome against my, uh, against Barcelona? And they were did, actually, it, yeah, they were actually quite unlucky because they they could have they could have been two 0 up after like the first ten minutes. But he's yeah, right. But- he, it's it's not necessarily about winning, but it's about the mentality. Mentality, it's of the, course. It's about the message you send uh, your players, uh, and that's that's very important. I remember Ibrahimovic uh, said uh, after uh, when Allegri was their coach, uh, AC Milan. I think it was 2012-2013 in the Champions League when they have won the first leg four nil against Arsenal. And they lost the second leg 3-0. So they were very close to uh, going to extra time. And and I remember Zlatan, uh, there were rumors that he was really pissed after after the game. And then he became even more pissed when Allegri congratulated them on the <laughs> on qualifying for the next round. You know, instead Jeez. of being pissed, he just qualified. But you had lost. You just lost 3-0. And uh, and, uh, and that tells you something about the mentality uh, about the player, a player like him, having them in the dressing room, what can what it can do, do to a team because they just want to win and they uh, they that that mentality is very contagious. It can it can affect the players in in a positive way, and that's that, that's something we should be uh, striving to achieve as a club, definitely. Oh, completely agree. Um, so, 
Should we talk about the scenes afterwards and probably the scenes in Rome afterwards? Can I um, just uh, make a comment there? Because oh, yes, I sure. think some very interesting themes there came out of um, what Imran had to say. Firstly, I would say that I think um, we're in a position, having won the Conference League, and I, I, I still think it's more... I mean, if you think about it, um, none of the clubs that transferred from the Europa League to the Conference League reached the final. And um, there were two in the semi-final, yes, Leicester correct, City yes. and um, who finished, I think, fifth in the Premier League last season and won the FA Cup. And Marseille, yes. who qualified, if I'm not mistaken, for the Champions League next season, will play Champions League football. They have, yeah. They, right. they finished second. So neither of those clubs reached the final of the Conference League. So I think the Conference League is uh, not as competitive as the Europa League overall. I think that's a a fair point but I still think it particularly in the knockout stage I think it became uh, a very competitive uh, tournament and a very worthy tournament to win um, and I, th- uh, I think it was a great innovation to have a third uh, club competition and um, I think um, uh, so uh, So, I, but I don't think I think there's a low risk that the players think right we've won something so we can kind of take our foot off the gas a bit you know i think i think there'll be if anything uh i think this will be a stimulus to to um uh achieve more and i think that will be um reinforced by uh you know i expect a a reason at least a reasonable transfer market hopefully a positive one and um and the other point I think it's really important to make, you know, we often use as a reference point, go back to the 2018 semi-final in the Champions League. But I think mm. we have to almost draw a line in the sand after that season because the team went through quite a, uh, uh, or the squad went through quite a period of um, dismantling after that. And um, for the worst you know, for the worse. And uh, we, it really took quite a while to recover. And I think if you think about it, that was four years ago. And then, so 2018-19 season, we, we, that's like three, three seasons ago, we, we, we've really done quite well, I think, in a time, because that can set you back years when your team is dismantled, you sell your best players and you replace them with considerably worse players like we did. And I think, the fact that we're now um, three years later and we're in the Europa League on merit and, and, and um, you know, the performances in the league could be better and hopefully they will be better next season. And I think fourth place is the real target next season. I think it would be great to do well and reach the knockout stage and maybe progress in the Europa League. But I think top four finish next season is really important. And... Um, uh, and I think that um, we, you know, if you look at the time scale, we've really recovered really well, and um, and and we've obviously won a European competition. So I think that mm. um, when you look at it, when you take a step back and look at it over the last few years, we've we've come quite a long way, really. It, um, okay, as I said earlier, this season's been a, a roller coaster because we've had difficult periods and then some positive, you know. Uh, periods as well but, but but of course the great thing is it's ended on a tremendous high two victories that guaranteed us a qualification for the Europa League via Serie A and winning a cup final so for the first time in quite a long time we go into the summer with our like tails up and everybody you know in a good mood and if we can come out of the transfer market you know fairly stronger um, or reasonably stronger, I think we're we're set for a, a very uh, positive next season. I think there was a, a real element of pragmatism as well, as Imran said, about the final. Um, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how the style of play changes next season because we haven't necessarily, you know, one of the criticisms a neutral could say is we we don't play the most expansive football. We keep it very tight and play to, you know, play to our strengths to some extent, which is obviously... Mm-hmm. Uh, efficient and sensible but but um it will be interesting to see what happens when maybe we strengthen the midfield and we can able to to maybe take control and and command games more um so uh 
so I think overall, yeah, we we've come a long way in uh, in a relatively quick period in the recovery from you know what happened in 2018. You know, wonderfully put. Uh, you did mention the the transfer Mercato in 2018 after the Liverpool and the Liverpool game, and sorry, the the finishing third under Di Francesco. That was what was that Monchi's third transfer window no but it's probably one of his worst where he sold all of our best players and then replaced them with players that i think roma are still trying to get rid of now um they're still i think they're on loan at other clubs like robin olsen justin cliver um to name a few i think mm-hmm. patrick schick has now signed a new contract with Bayer leverkusen has absolutely done a wonderful job but it just wasn't the right fit for him but mm. and as you said it's taken years to recover and now we are reaping the rewards now it's taken some time uh we've had what so di francesco um claudio ranieri paolo fonseca and now jose Mourinho. uh they they've all tried to 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 get their own philosophy and their own style of play on, on it. Ranieri was a, like a firefighter's job. He came in, did well, got Roma to six. Fonseca did okay in his first season. We finished fifth and then finished seventh. Jose's come in. He's made us hard to beat and it took him a, a while to stamp his authority on, on the team. Um, and we've won a trophy and we finished six and it's progress. I didn't see that happening a couple of months ago. I think we probably would have got, Six or seventh. I remember James was saying when we did the the review at Christmas. You probably say six, seventh, probably a semi final in the Conference League. That'd be okay, or we'll see more of the same. But I think from what was it, January to middle of April, Rome, we were cooking on gas and looking good. We got good results. We ended the season poorly. We didn't have the best of runs in the league, but that was bound to happen after what had happened in Europe and last night was the cherry on top. And it was, uh, and I'm out, uh, it was 14 years of her where you could see the celebrations in the fans in Tirana, in Rome, all around the world. And Roma finally, finally got the monkey off the back there. There's less shit talking about the club on social media where they've actually won a trophy and it shut up a lot of people. I don't know if you two would agree with that. Yeah, but I never cared about social media. Or people <laughs> say, yeah. uh, uh, I was. Uh, uh, I know that sometimes you can get under your skin, but yeah. mostly uh, I don't care. I appreciate the people's opinions and everything. But yeah, James, you wanted to talk about the scenes afterwards. I think off pod, you wanted to talk about what happened yeah, and all that. Tremendous scenes today in Rome. I mean, uh, mm. uh, wonderful scenes last night after the game, including the Freakins lifting the trophy. That beautiful, I have to say, really beautiful trophy. Several people commented today to me what a beautiful trophy the Conference League trophy is. Um, the newest addition to the suite of trophies because the other two uh, really date from designs from the 50s and or the 60s or 60s really and the uh, early 70s the uh, Champions League trophy and the uh, UEFA Cup not the UEFA Cup <laughs> sorry the uh, Europa League trophy Europa League yeah because yeah. uh, you can say UEFA Cup <laughs> if you want to go back in the day we all showed our age <laughs> yeah um, but uh, um, yeah and the scenes today you know the genuine and, and the scenes at the Olympico I think there were about 50,000 people watching on the um, big screens at the Olympico and, uh, you know, the atmosphere was electric and um, obviously it was only about, you know, uh, was it uh, four or 5,000 fans got tickets, uh, Roma fans, that is, for the game in, uh, the, you know, in the stadium in Tirana, but um, uh, which is beautiful, actually, as well, beautiful stadium. And, um, uh, and I think that... Um, uh, the you know the, emo- the, 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 the 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 I mean we've seen it actually in the spring throughout the spring the um you know the the enthusiasm that has been generated around the club and the uh, uh, huge attendances at the Olympico and um, uh, which has been you know helped with a, a really generous I think you could say pricing ticketing pricing uh, policy. 
by the club. And um, uh, the yeah, the scenes today were really remarkable. And it showed you, I mean, the potential there for, you know, I mean, if uh, I'm sure the Freakins are noting that, this and, uh, you know, it, it, when they do build the new stadium, hopefully it won't be too long uh, away. Maybe we get an announcement of some sort this summer, actually. But, um, you know, that uh, we really need something in the range of 60,000, I think, because there's potential is is incredible you know and uh, i think we've all we've all sort of thought that for so long that the potential is there and it's just being able to realize it you know and through one reason or the other it's been extremely difficult but um now i do feel that there's something of a change in our fortunes you know and um there's a we've changed direction somehow and uh um, so I'm very positive, and uh, I think uh, the scenes today, you know, just uh, just on their own terms, were quite extraordinary. You know, the the parade, the um, uh, the open top bus tour, uh, going past the Colosseum and the iconic sites of the city were uh, something to behold, really. Do you see the scenes at the airport this morning? That was at like four fifty a.m. It's ridiculous. I think I saw it this morning as I was getting ready to go to work. It was just mad. There was like thousands of people there. The, the scenes at Ponte Millville outside the ground yesterday was unbelievable. I saw that like, as I was go- as I was going to bed last night and this morning as it got sent to me. I've I've seen nothing like that before following this club at all. It was unbelievable. I think aren't they at Trigoria now celebrating a, 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 at the training ground? If I'm not mistaken. They were um, at Trigoria, and uh, they did an open-top bus tour, started at 4.30 local time this afternoon, and um, went round the uh, uh, the city centre, and it was, uh, the amount of people out was just uh, phenomenal. I think it it was way bigger than, way, way more people than uh, welcomed Italy back a year ago when they came Mm. back to Rome after winning the Euro. So it's almost like, Rome as a national team as well as a club team in a funny sort of way, you know. <laughs> it's almost like they've got two national teams and a and a club team, you know. Yeah, didn't you say that Roma is pretty much, Roma fans treat Roma as a national team? Like, you said that pre-pod, and I sort of do agree now after seeing the scenes from last night and seeing the scenes from this morning and all across the, all across the world is like, I'm still in shock. I'm still in disbelief of what happened yesterday. Um, this will, this will, I think this will live on with fans for a long, long while. I don't know if you two would agree with me after that. Yeah, it will. But next year we'll win the Europa League and then, you know, <laughs> Coppa Italia. <laughs> then, then Coppa Italia, then you have something else. To, you know, you, there will be so many memories in the years to come that uh, it, it will be, it will be, a bit different for Roma fans to adapt to the new life. Completely agree. Uh, should we guys, should we move on to some listeners questions before we can, can wrap this podcast up? Because I just want to say as be- well, financially, oh, yeah, sure. financially it's really important because um, I think if you look at the uh, prize money and participation money and bonuses and TV market pool, I think we earned about 20 million from UEFA for Win uh, for going all the way, and then um, uh, I think from the seven home games, it was seven, I think, because you had the qualifying round, three in the group stage, and three in the knockout stage at home. I think we would have made at least 10 million euros, maybe tw- between 10 and 12. So I think it was worth over 30 million euros the run, as well as um about 24, I think, coefficient points. And we're now um, 11th in the UEFA club ranking across the three competitions in Europe over the last five years, the five-year ranking. And we're actually closing in on Manchester United um, on the uh, ranking table. So I think we're about four points behind them. So uh, we've done you know, extraordinarily well. I mean, next season, the the season from 2017, 18, because it's a five-year ranking, will drop off. So it is important to keep, to sustain it. But um, it just shows you, uh, you know, how well we've done in European. I mean, we've been in three, what, three semifinals? 
Um, yes, yes, since 2018. Yeah, the 2018 yeah. Champions League final, last season's uh, semi-final against Manchester United, and then obviously this season. Yeah, I mean, that's um, I'm pretty unprecedented, really, across Europe. Uh, not many clubs can... Uh, uh, can match that kind of record. So, um, so yeah. So financially, it's been, uh, it's been. Um, but obviously, you know, a lot of people was like, "Wow, it's quite overshadowed by the Champions League." But I, I think you would. We've probably wiped about two thirds of our losses from being in the Champions League. Say a group stage exit in the Champions League w- would be worth. You know, another third of that. Maybe you could get maybe forty million from a group stage exit in the mm. Champions League. So we've taken over in in total over thirty million from from this run, which is you know could be the difference between signing you know a re- you know like maybe a a level or two up in maybe one or two positions over the summer transfer market. You know, so um, something to bear in mind. You know. Yeah, something to look, something to think about going into the summer and potentially for funds for Jose and Co to look to buy players for next season. Um, should we go into some listeners' questions? Uh, we we got a couple. I think a few are excited. Um, Sorry, can you bear, just hold the line a moment? Yeah, I can pause. I can pause. I can let, let, let forty-one. Open. So, guys, we got some listeners' questions, and thank you to the guys who replied to my message, which I sent out just after my lunch while working back in the office for today. Uh, We've got a couple of questions. uh, At Irish Roman Easter, Kevin uh, asked, when was the last time Roma made you feel this good? (laughs) Oh. Barcelona? Yeah. Yeah. Barcelona. Barcelona game? If you thought if you're talking about a game, yeah, the last time a trophy made me feel like this must have been the Scudetto. Oh, uh, yeah, because the Coppa Italia uh, victories they were nice, but uh, yeah, not not like winning a European trophy. So games, there are some beautiful games. There are some really memorable games throughout the years that made us feel really good but we're talking about trophies uh, now we haven't won that many <laughs> uh, but uh, we have to go out for me personally if you're talking about trophy any uh, trophy that, ma- that made me feel like this or gave me the sort of emotions and adrenaline that I got yesterday has to be the Scudetto no that's fair I wasn't a Roma fan at that time so I'll probably just say individually for me it's probably the Barcelona game I I was in New Orleans at the time. I was uh, I was on holiday with some mates. We were watching the wrestling over there, and then I watched the game when I came back. And yeah, I brought back some good memories. How about yourself, James? I would say, in terms of a game, the two-one winner Ajax last season Ooh, yeah. in the Europa League, I thought was fabulous to win away at a club like Ajax and play as we did. Not, I wouldn't, you know, uh, it was a close game but I thought it was wonderful and I remember feeling great after that and um, and uh, uh, I think probably in terms of a um, a general overall feeling the problem in 2018 was that I kind of knew we couldn't win the Champions League or it would be you know probably beyond us so it was a great obviously moment against uh, Shakhtar firstly and then uh, Barcelona in the knockout stage, but I would probably say, you know, the Copper Italians, they were great. And I do keep, you know, I do uh, hold that competition in in high regard. And I think it's a great comp. And there's something about, unlike winning a league, winning a cup final where everything's on the line on that day and you can win or lose, you know, it's, it's not like a league played over nine months. Um, Mm. uh, uh, I do probably think also the Scudetto win in 2001 was pro. This is like the the closest to that. In fact, I would say it's equal for me. This is equal to it for a whole host of reasons, but particularly because for the last 20 or so years, um, ever since we lost to Leeds in the 1999-2000 UEFA Cup last 16, I've really when I started to get quite frustrated about us not being able to get past the last 16 in a in a European competition. Um, I've really wanted, you know, and I have this thing that we were the only major Italian club never to win 
uh, a European, you know, UEFA competition. And uh, now that's been uh, erased, that that um, stigma, if you like. Um, I think this, yeah, and the fact we've done it on an international stage, you know, people all around the world would have watched last night uh, and all around Europe. And um, I think that will, and of course, all over Italy. And I think uh, it was a big TV audience last night in Italy. And um, I think um, uh, that brings with it that dimension, that international dimension, uh, an extra pleasure for me. So, um, and maybe it does for those of us not who don't live in Italy, you know. Um, so uh, I think, um, yeah, I think uh, uh, the closest I could, feel to this would have been the Scudetto 21 years ago yeah 21 years ago in a couple of weeks the anniversary um Daniel Silver uh aka at big Danny Silver goes so what do you say Europa League next season for the tag back-to-back European trophies definitely (laughs) it's not a bad it's not a bad effort um we did talk about this earlier and um at 4S Roma just says electric and I think that pretty much sums it up pretty much um do you guys have anything else to add at all um only the only thing i would say is that there was a feeling i think um i'll be interested in your thoughts about this when did did you ever get the feeling that we were going to win this competition and i got the feeling after the game against uh um i think it was uh really against um uh, Bodo after the home game because I was if you remember I was quite negative about the you were. <laughs> against Bodo uh, yes, you prediction were. Yeah. that didn't come true uh, unfortunately <laughs> but um, but after that game I started to become optimistic because the way the draw fell for us as well I think it was um, paradoxical people might say it's a bit of a paradox but I was pleased that we faced Leicester City rather than PSV Eindhoven. I think PSV Eindhoven somehow would have been a more awkward match-up. And I always thought that over the you know the, th- the two games, we would just about squeeze through against Leicester City. And so it proved. I was kind of, you know, I thought they were uh, a good match-up for us. And in the final, also, I think that I, I was... I think we matched up better with Feyenoord than we did against, would have done against Marseille. I think for a whole host of reasons, that would have been a more difficult challenge. So I sort of got the feeling around about the the April time after the quarterfinal that maybe this year is like, it's looking like somehow Roma's name's on the cup, so to speak, you know. I don't know if you had that feeling at any point. Oh, good question. I was thinking maybe the the second leg after the Vitesse game, when Tammy scored that equaliser in the last minute, I was thinking, okay, Roma played poorly here. And there was a run of games in Serie A where Roma were getting through by the skin of their teeth. But I think after the Bodo Glimp game, I think we did a podcast and I think you were in shock afterwards, James and me and Imran were were quietly confident that Roma could get something. But I think after the first leg where Roma were they did okay, and then they conceded late on. But the, the second leg against Bodo Klimt, they just tore them apart in, what, 35 minutes? They were 3-0 up. It was 4-0 up after, like, 50 minutes. It could have been more. I did have a feeling that after the... that I was confident going into the game after the Leicester game. But last night... I was a little bit nervous. I was more nervous. I even said this to a couple of mates of mine because I'm a Swindon fan and we lost in the playoffs last week. I was more nervous about that than yesterday. I was quite calm yesterday, but I, for me, I thought after the Vitesse second leg and the Bodo Glimp second leg, I thought Roman have a chance of winning this. I don't yeah. know. Uh, would you feel the same Imran? Oh, I wasn't. I wasn't nervous. Nervous, no. I, I actually felt. Uh, I think I wrote in some WhatsApp group after we lost to Buda Glimt uh, in April, the first leg. I said we're winning this whole shit uh, because uh, uh, I don't know. It was, it was, or I think it was before the draw against Buda Glimt. Uh, so 
so yeah the quality was there you just need to you just need to build the right momentum you need to build the right yes that's uh, a good point the momentum yes yeah. you need to and you need to you know uh, build a spirit uh, and uh, a mentality within the group uh where they really at any cost want to win the trophy and, and that was done so credit to Marino for that and ultimately it happened one yeah. final point if I may yeah. there is a historical parallel hill because 30 years ago in 1992 when the European Under-21 Championship was played in the even years before they switched it to odd years in the qualifying group in June 1991 Italy lost 6-0 in Norway in the group stage, and then 12 months later, they won the entire competition. And if you think about it, Roma did something similar. Went to Norway in the group stage, lost 6-1, and then eight months later, uh, win the competition. (laughs) Yeah. No worries. I will wrap this up. Guys, thank you very much for joining me tonight. It's been an emotional ride. It's been a long ride. It's been a, a long season. Um, guys, you can follow us at themagicast.com and you can find all our previous podcasts on the, on the website. You can find us on all podcast platforms, so your Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Podbean, etc., etc. Imran, James, thank you very much for joining me on this Thursday. It's been a it's been a wonderful day, hasn't it, guys? Yeah, thank Marvelous. you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, well, hopefully, we might have a review of the season if you guys are up for this next one day next week. I think we should probably do a, a massive review of the season, as we did one at Christmas for the half year. Are you guys up for that? I think that'd be a very good idea. Yeah, yeah. And then I think we've got something. We've got some unfinished business left to do. Also, Roma in the nineties. We have a second part which we could finish off. But no, we'll have some future planning. So, guys, once again, thank you very much for joining me. I think a lot of Roma fans are rejoicing at the moment, and a lot of celebrations going around across the world. So, for Roma, ciao, enjoy, celebrate, and uh, just enjoy life at the moment and enjoy the summer. Ciao, ciao.